Well, team, another week here. Of course, Bitcoin moving higher. We're starting to get deeper and deeper into earnings season. So that's definitely going to be on watch this week. We got Goldman Sachs today, Morgan Stanley. Goldman Sachs coming down a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about what happened there in Alibaba. It looks like Silvergate coming in with misses. We'll talk a little bit about that. Emerson submitting a deal. Cox Automotive. We'll get into all the ratings that catch the tape today. There's a lot out there. Big ones on Pfizer, Microsoft, KB Homes, Lennar. We'll also talk a little bit about Wayfair. And get your cheesecake before it's gone. Looks like it got downgraded by City today. Let's talk all about it. Also about the bank earnings with Nate Tobik, our guest today, investor and founder at CompleteBankData.com. Get ready, team. It's time to rise and shine. Let's get pre-market prep started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, team, let's go through the quick rundown. I don't do it as good as Joel, but I'll try to do my best looking at the SPY action. Of course, we are down a little bit here towards 397, 10, 11 right now. It looks like we're bouncing around a little bit. Of course, we closed at 398.47. We'll see what happens in the overnight action. I'll talk about it, of course, with Dennis. TLT showing a little bit more of that downside action. That could be a sign that we're turning around a little bit. Keep your eyes on that. I did look at uh, WTI. I'll show USO here because I don't have WTI to show, but WTI in the 80s. It's going to be important for oil stocks. Definitely pay attention to that. DXY cracking the 104 support. Definitely important to catch that now down towards around 102.17. And just to bring uh, Bitcoin in here, I did want to bring it in. Uh, looks like we're trading up towards 21,226. That's definitely affecting some Bitcoin stocks today. We'll talk a little bit about it. Let's bring in my man, Dennis Dick. What's going on? So How are we doing? Trying to figure out what's going on here. It's been a three-day weekend. You forget everything that happened last week when you got these let's, long three-day weekends. Let's run it back, I, Dennis. I know. Let's... Tell me about what happened last week because I don't remember. When you get these extra days off, I feel yeah. like I'm out of the loop. Well, let's talk about that. Of course, on Friday, we got that nice little push after getting hit in, of course, the pre-market and then just climbing the wall of worry. Yeah. That's one thing that we've been noticing, and it yeah. seems like we've been able to climb that wall of worry multiple times. I mean, just look where we were at just a couple of days ago. You know, we had sideways consolidation. Some were thinking that maybe we were heading right back to 350, and now we're right back up there. 397, yeah. 400 in reach, maybe even 410. Get out of the range? Could you believe that? It could definitely come. Um, one thing that I'll definitely keep watching, if we could get out of that range – Start getting out of the channel. I mean, I'll show the lines here for, for that. Get it up there to the 410s, 412s. We could have ourselves a, Looks at like least you got a on the charts. if you get above this 4,000. 
Yeah, that's a breakout, Dennis. If you get above 4,000. It's not a breakout. I always know this, though. It's not a breakout until it's broken out. And on those 100%. lines you're drawing on that chart, they were clearly not broken out yet. But we're looking to set that up. I mean, this has been a risk-on market. It started really January the 3rd, the first day of trade. Was January 2nd or January 3rd? I don't even remember third. the first day. Third. I think it was the 3rd. I feel like third. we had the second off. Yeah, yeah we January, did. The, January the 3rd. We talked about the January effect. There was a couple shakeouts for the next few days, but eventually day. the January effect won. All the beaten down Kathy names have been the hottest things. Obviously, Tesla's come back from the lows as well. But, I mean, this is the type of market that we're in. January turned it. We knew the calendar effect might do it, and that is exactly what has happened. The market continues to trade textbook. So, you know, textbook is eventually that the January effect fizzles out. That's what usually happens. It usually isn't follow through. They're, these leaders just become the leaders the entire year. It's usually a few weeks where you've got you know people coming in buying the dip, and now you've moved right into like the Bed Bath and Beyonds. Obviously, had their moves, and now the mm-hmm. Bitcoin's having its move. So yeah. I think it does eventually fizzle out. I do think eventually we're going to get some tape bombs here. I do think eventually we're going to move back down. So I'm not chasing this rally, but as a day trader. Buying dips, selling rips continues to work. There was multiple uh, trades last week where S&Ps were up, then they were down, then they're up, then they're down. I mean, even if you go to the daily or, or the intraday, you can see what I'm talking about. The Friday dip immediately bought. You could feel that when I tweeted it out. Um, even I believe it was Friday morning that I tweeted that out. You could just feel that the market wanted to go green. It absolutely did. So, I mean, trade what's in front of you. You don't have to fight the tape as a day trader. Now, as a long-term investor, completely different story. Yeah, definitely. It's tough right now. Now, one area that has definitely been moving and has started to cause, of course, some of the mining stocks to move, Bitcoin stocks, those have definitely been moving up. So definitely take a look at your miner stocks and Bitcoin. Of course, Mara going to come up on that one. We're going to keep watch as that's the leader. That's been really taking a little bit of a lift, but it's not only the miners, right? You've been seeing stocks like Coinbase getting some lift here. Um, now up there to 52.99 when this was just down there towards 32. I mean, think about that. That's pretty much like a 66% move there in Big the last moves. couple of days yeah. for coin. Is this now a rip to sell? Yeah. Or is it kind of where it ends? Continue? Nobody knows. I think when we look at Coinbase mid-year, it's lower. I don't think this is a turnaround story. I don't think everybody's going to be pounding crypto all year. I think it's a relief pop, a short squeeze in some of these other names because a lot of these names like MSTR are big short. We're squeezing them. Again, the dash for trash. That's what we saw last week. It was eventually going to hit crypto. It absolutely has over the week of Bitcoin trading up more. So I think all these stocks eventually go lower. But right now it's giving you that rip to sell. So I think you ring the register while the circus is in town. Take your peanuts while the circus, sell your peanuts while the circus is in town. But, you know, I don't know where the party stops. So, you know, maybe there's continuation. Maybe Amara could get to 10. It's at 842. I, I, you know, I think it gets tough sledding if it ever got above 10. But it just went from 3 to 850. Do you want to sit around for the last dollar fifty, Or do you want to ring the register? I've rung the register in most of that small stuff. Obviously, you know, we had some pretty good trades in some of these things, day trades, swing trades, a couple two, three day trades and uh, a few of these stocks. I sell too early usually. Usually you're better if you wait a day after I sell it. But at this point in time, it's a risk on market and bulls are in control. So today's dip likely gets bought again. 
for the simple reason is that money managers, institutional money, scrambling a bit, worrying that, hey, maybe it is all priced in. Hey, inflation is getting better. Hey, maybe the Fed pivots sooner than we think. That's the bull thesis. I think what's going to happen is we're going to go into a hard recession, though, coming in the next few months. And I think eventually that brings us back down. But as a trader right now, bulls are in control. Yep, something to keep an eye out with these cryptocurrency stocks. Of course, SI's earnings today. I'm going to run through that. Then we'll go to the banks. Let's get right through SI. Uh, Silvergate Capital reported EPS miss here. They reported 48 cents, missing the 81 cent estimate. Where I thought it was more important was I went deeper into the earnings report because I wanted to see how their total securities portfolio had been doing. It decreased $5.7 billion or 49.8% from $11.4 billion at September 30th, decreasing $2.9 billion. And then from 8.6 billion in December, now down to 5.7. So it's just been on a, you know, just every kind of report now just coming down. Total security portfolio, of course, not helping with Bitcoin prices come down. But this actually included now a loss of their sales of security of 751 million. And they did this because they had to sell some of their portfolio just to make sure they had the liquidity necessary. So stories like this, I don't want to be anywhere near. The one thing I'll say, though, is that this is the kind of stuff that is going up right now. The trash, the trashiest trash is what they're buying. I'm not putting this in my long-term portfolio, but you can see clearly stocks even trading up on these disappointing numbers. Again, Bitcoin's trading higher. That helps. All the Bitcoin stocks are rallying. This thing has been absolutely murdered. It was $80 in October. It's $13 now. Could they squeeze them to 20? They could. I would not want to be short this thing. So, and I think if you are trading it from the long side, not that I am, I have no position, I probably lean. Maybe, you know, it, it's so wild, you know. So you probably got to go back to like the 1183, the low from uh, just a couple days ago there, uh, a couple trading days ago. I think I'd go further than the 1272 low. But I, I don't think it actually sets up that bad for a short squeeze here. When it's trading higher on this, again, not going in the long-term portfolio. But I'd rather be long this than short this. I have no position, though. We'll see what happens there in Silvergate. Let's get into the banks. Let's go towards Goldman Sachs. Of course, we were looking at this stock when it bounced off the daily from 350. And pulling back a little bit now, let's give their earnings. They came in an EPS at $3.32, missing the $5.48 estimate. Sales at $10.59 billion, missed the $10.83 billion estimate uh, q4 investment banking fees at 1.87 billion down 48 percent year over year also q4 equity net revenues at 2.07 billion down five percent year over year doesn't look good right now at least for goldman sachs no i have a small odd lot position that i got stuck with overnight in this i just never bothered to trade out of it because when i get odd lots i just don't typically pay attention to them so mm -hmm. you know the position i have in here is basically not important like it's so small um yeah so i've basically had an odd lot in just didn't get out of it and whatever um it's down nine bucks so i'm down a little bit of money in it because of the odd lot i still think it's kind of stock that they're gonna buy the dip on too i mean it's disappointing numbers but i'm just in a buy the dip mode here right now i mm -hmm. mean we saw some of these banks and you know and some of these banks you know turn big time we should talk about the action on friday in the banks because they were all down bank america down 
City yeah. Group down. These things, all huge key reversals. There's a technical term for you there, Mitch. They all closed up, made new lows. You, you know it was the key reversal, right? around and made up. Yep. It was City. City, City too. Gave us the, well, all City gave it. us the – what I think what mattered also in the City one was that it recovered it in the pre-market, Dennis. And I think that's what was important too to catch. This is the second time that City has done this in a year. They did this also in July 13th. Um, so if you look back, last time we had the JPM come in with disappointing earnings, Bank of America come in disappointing earnings, and then there was a surprise by City that brought the market back up. Yeah. Well, looks like this trend has continued. It did it again this time. So I would say now, whenever the banks are reporting, I'm going to really keep watch on City. Another thing about City is they like to put the report really close to 8 a.m., sometimes 8.01, 8.03, and that helps because – JPM already went, they lowered the bar. Bank of America lowered the bar. Then City comes in and just raise that that lowering the bar gets them just slightly looks like above that bar. And all of a sudden their earnings get bought up. So I don't know who releases their earnings a little bit later. Whoever that is, let's give them a little bit of a raise. City uh, looks like they definitely helped out. City got back up there. 50 is going to be an important level though, Dennis. Can we get through that 50? Big level on the... They're all monthly. at big levels. They've all come back from the lows. The banks, obviously, are one beneficiary of higher rates. It's just a tipping point of whether if we go into recession, the banks start to not benefit. So I think having some bank exposure isn't a bad idea. I mean, you can't argue with the tape. J.P. Morgan making new highs here now. Yeah. Full disclosure, I do have a position on J.P. Morgan. Um, Goldman Sachs, which I do intend to trade on the J.P. Morgan one, so I'll limit my conversation on that. Um, Citigroup. 49.92 is pulling back a little bit here. I mean, I just think there's people caught. I think there's underneath demand. I think I'd be a buyer of the banks. All right. So then we'll see what happens there on Goldman Sachs. Going to look for some lows on the 13th. On Friday, we went down to 362.36. That's going to be the level I'll be looking at somewhere in that area, 362.40s, 362.30s. We'll see if we're able to hold on pullbacks today and start making our way back. Let's go to Morgan Stanley. Let's give their earnings here. Uh, Morgan Stanley's Q4 EPS at $1.31 beat the $1.19 estimate. Sales at $12.75 billion beat the $12.64 billion estimate. Morgan Stanley's Q4 investment banking revenues down 49% year over year. Equity net revenues down 24% year over year. And fixed income revenues up 15% year over year. Well, we knew the investment banking was going to be struggling everybody knew that you know obviously we've seen very few ipos capital markets have been hit i mean there's no doubt or there the rest of everything was pretty okay so morgan stanley trading up here again i hate chasing stocks i'm gonna buy the dip mode i'm not gonna buy the rip mode stocks up two bucks but i don't know if i'd be shorting this one you got one level there one number 95 16 that was a high from 12th of december no 13th of december um that's where your major resistance comes in Question is, do we have enough gas to get there? I'm not chasing it to find out. Yeah, I'd look for a pullback, at least 92s on the pullback. I like 91s as support if we can get back below 92s. So I'm going to be looking for at least a little bit of pullback in Morgan Stanley, see if I can get that under 92. We'll see what happens today. Like getting out of Morgan Stanley, there's a lot to talk about. I'm going to keep trying to roll through the headlines today. Of yeah, course, roll, you guys in roll, the chat. We're rolling. If anything catches your attention, you want to talk about it more, tell us in the chat. We'll stay on it. 
but not let's keep moving well let's tesla's get... caught my attention and it's catching the chat and the attention yeah. let's take it away from the headlines just for a second here no Here's i think the there's a headline that i have with it i think this Te- one's an important one Te- but... tesla looks good on the chart right now yeah. i'm just gonna say you know i'm not a technician i trade more relationship based but i'll tell you on the technicals this looks like you know everybody thought it was going under 100 including myself it turned around that day on a dime it's consolidated for four or five days here if it breaks out of that 125.95 high from three days ago, look out. This thing could be 135, 140 in a hurry. I think the risk is on right now. I think people are still coming into these types of stocks. I actually think there's a swing trade set up here, stopping yourself out at the lows around 115 and shooting for that 150. So I don't know when the eventual rug pull goes. Remember, we could have a tape bomb at any time, and that will make me turn bearish immediately. But we haven't had the major earnings warning from anybody yet. We haven't heard from an Apple. We haven't heard from a Microsoft. We haven't heard from a Google. No major warnings here yet. So, so far, at least in the short term, I feel like the bulls are in control. It's kind of stock I want to own right now as a swing trade or a day trade. Again, I don't have a position on a Tesla, but I think it sets up well here. I may buy it today. Um, haven't decided yet. Uh, just looking, you know, again, I, if I was setting it up for a swing trade, it'd be 115.60 would be my stop out point. If I took the, if that low got taken out, I'd say I'm wrong. And my target would probably be the 150 area. All right. For Tesla, don't forget, right? Earnings in eight days from now, Wednesday, June, uh, January 25th, after the market closes today, this morning, Jeffrey's maintaining buy on Tesla and lowering price target to 180. So at least uh, that seems to make a little bit more sense for me with that 180 price tag. We'll see if we can get above that resistance. It's just been in sideways trend for right now. Will we get a run into earnings? Something to keep watch. Now, I did get comments from McCox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke. we got to get him on sometimes. Uh, he said that we're swapping a supply problem for a demand problem in automotive. Will this in the long run hurt Tesla? Will we run into such a demand problem in automotives that Tesla, Ford, GM, will those companies struggle this year? I, I think, think yes. eventually that I does yes. happen. I don't think it's happening in the next three days. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm like short-term trades, targets. I think eventually demand problem does come here. Again, not adding a lot to the long-term portfolio. Yeah, I increased a little bit of, you know, I had a little bit of exposure there. I increased in some drugs, but still playing a little conservative in the long-term portfolio. But in the day trading portfolio, I'm risk on. So that's what I've been right now. And, you know, I wish I would have started and stuck with it right January the 3rd and just stuck with it. But I've been trading it, but bias to the long side. As stocks are dipping, buying them as stocks are ripping, selling them. I do think eventually demand will hit the stuff. I do believe we're still going into recession. So Tesla's not going in the long-term portfolio. But right now, I think there's room to 150. All right, we'll keep going. Looks like we got a new member. Thank you for joining us like always hit the like button and enjoy those special emojis let's keep moving towards the next headline uh this one was a little bit of a smaller headline we can go to emerson as they're submitting an a pro uh proposal to acquire national instruments national instruments is a smaller company so i'll just bring up that one i don't think uh, emr is moving much but look at this nati this is the one that they're acquiring for about three dollars a share in cash uh so keep your eyes We'll see what happens. Uh, National Instruments. Give us that number again here, Mitch, because it's obviously not $3. They're, getting, they're giving some stock and cash, is it? Yeah, I think it's stock and cash there. Uh, maybe you can just, just didn't have grab. the full headline if you there jump on in, Emerson. Yeah, maybe click it. We should have the numbers for you there. 
Yeah, this is going to be one. Spot. Looks like 53. Uh, there was a, I think there was an error in the typing. It's $53, $53 per, per share. share. I'm yeah. just trying to grab it too. Hang yeah, it's $53. Looks like there yeah, was an error in the, probably in the stock writing. Probably stock in cash. I'm trying to grab it here. I don't actually see it in front of me either. I haven't looked. So we're just looking here on the Yeah, fly. I have 7.6 billion deal and $53 per share. Um, so just keep your eyes on that one. It's already above that 53. So Again, Mitch, it's probably stock. Getting a little so bit you gotta of a look premium. what the other one is trading. So I don't have it here either. I didn't research it beforehand. So I saw the headline go by. Um, but Emerson EMERs. definitely getting a big hit on this. It's down Emerson towards is. 93, 98. So just keep that in mind. Big important monthly level below it. Give that 93, 42. If it breaks that, looks like next stop from there looking at like 91 22 doesn't look too bad if it can hold there but definitely if it lets go of 90 it's funny start coming back down through this kind of uptrend that it had on the monthly we'll see what happens there and why the dippers are emerging here in the overall market here let's too. go back you just to the market. can't seem to shake them um you get some bad news here today. Obviously, Goldman wasn't great. We got some key downgrades, including Microsoft getting downgraded here to sell today. The market just continues to shrug stuff off. It's the calendar turn driving the bus here. We predicted this correctly coming into January. It has absolutely worked the calendar effect. It's all the trash it continues to get bought here. Um, and the overall market is now benefiting from it as well. So, I mean, the market is full risk on. They're not scared of headlines right now. We've seen a couple earnings warnings, and we've seen those get bought there too. Um, so I think you just got to continue to respect the tape that we're in. Even if you're bearish overall, which I am, you've got to respect the tape. And right now, bulls are in control. And the big part, of course, is earnings season coming up, right? I think this is going to be the important thing to keep watch all week. We'll see what happens with our earnings. Of course, it's not the biggest headlines right now. We're getting some of the smaller ones. We'll get Alcoa uh, tomorrow after the close. Today after the close, we get United Airlines. So maybe keep your eyes on those airlines. They definitely have been climbing as of late. Let's take a look at those airlines. Look at AAL in the last couple of days. Unbelievable. Unbelievable moves. move, man. Doesn't shake it either. And, and they it looks pull, like it wants to get, get through the, the high. Look at the buy the dip mentality. You can just see it on the candle. Yeah. You know, AAL trading down on Friday. They come in, they can't stop themselves. They're buying it back. LUV with all their problems they had in late December has been bought right up as well here. So again, these airlines are very, they're flying right now. You know, pun fully intended. The airlines are flying. I don't know where the party ends, but right now, this market is in full risk on mode. Again, all of these, all of this stuff, when we look under the hood, looks good for the bulls here too. So I don't know when the rug pull happens. I believe it's going to happen with the headline where you're going to get a major earnings warning from a major company, and then they're going to be like, oh, you know, we're not out of the woods here yet. But until that happens, the bulls are in control. I think the bulls are in control until we get a major earnings warning. So on that warning, you got to be quick. You want to be selling some of these stocks in 10, 15 minutes, you know, in the first 10 minutes after you get that major earnings warning. But right now I'm going to ride them until we get that major earnings warnings from one of the big guns. It isn't going to be one of these small companies warning. Just saying if we get one from one of the big guns, that's what's going to be your sell signal. But right now, I'm going to be long some of these things until I get that earnings warning. All right, let's go now towards China stocks as activist investor Ryan Cohen takes stake in Alibaba, according to Wall Street Journal. Let's go ahead and take wow. a look. 
These stocks have been in their own little bull market. I would say definitely uh, we pissed out a big part of this move. I still haven't taken part of this move. It seems like they just don't want to stop. And so uh, maybe I, I would have to say now definitely was wrong and not investing in emerging markets. It seems like here uh, been almost a hundred percent move there from the bottom on Baba. It's been an impressive move. And again, the low PE trade started this in October and everybody was scared to invest in China. The crowded trade, everybody being scared of it. Path least resistance became higher. Again, it probably, this is a big headline for Baba. Obviously, no, maybe they don't care about it in China. Maybe they don't care about international investors out in Baba. Maybe they don't care about Ryan Cohen. They typically do here. I'm surprised it's not trading higher actually on this. So we'll keep an eye on Baba here today. We know Ryan Cohen, obviously, you know, what he did with Bed Bath Beyond. Baba is not Bed Bath & Beyond, so he's not going to have as much influence on a stock like that. But I'm surprised it's not up at all on it. So unless unless we knew, I, didn't, I don't know if we knew that he had a stake of a butt already, if the market knew it. I didn't know it. So I read that headline over the week, and I was like, oh, that's going to be good news for Baba, and it's up 15 cents. So not sure. I have no position in it. Uh, but the chart looks pretty good. You get, you know, a stake from a major influencer like Ryan Cohen. It's not bad for it. All right, let's keep moving. I'll definitely keep watch on Baba. The big levels for me are just getting through Friday's high, right? Friday's high, 117.98. You're right now at 117.19. In the pre-market, you already popped right close to that. You went above it, actually, the 118.12s. Look to see if you can get back through that 118 today. For you Baba traders, we'll see what happens there. All right, let's keep moving. We'll get out of China stocks. Going to keep going. And let's go towards our ratings on the day. The first one I think is important is definitely the Pfizer one caught my attention. Let's go to that one. Uh, PFE, of course. That's not talk- helping me. Yeah, not not He's helping you. I know either. that one. Uh, Wells Fargo is downgrading Pfizer to equal weight from overweight, saying that we think Wells Pfizer always beats me up. needs a COVID reset before the stock could work again, uh, stating that uncertainty around the COVID business could make investors nervous. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. I, I don't love the COVID business of it all, but Pfizer's a lot of other businesses. This is exactly. you know, a straight-up BioNTech play. I'm sure BNTX, you know, you think BNTX, they don't pick on that one. That's the straight-up one to pick on if you're worried about a if you're worried about a COVID reset. Why would you not be picking on BNTX? Why would you be picking on Pfizer? Uh, regardless, I put this in the long-term portfolio. I've had it in the long-term portfolio for the better part of 15 years. I actually added to it. I have not added to, you know, a long-term portfolio. A winner in a long, long time. Maybe I shouldn't have. I bought it around 48 bucks, basically even before this downgrade. Um, I'm sticking. This is long term. So PE, when I was looking at it, was around 11. Pfizer's got a lot more businesses than just selling COVID shots. So I think, you know, you're looking at a pullback here. I like the setup, you know, if we go into a recession here. But yeah, it's out of favor here right now. Could the downgrade knock it down below the 46 support? It could. I'm not worried about this because I'm not trading this in the next two, 10 minutes. I'm trading this and then I'm holding this for, you know, planning to hold this for the next five to 10 years. I think five to 10 years from now, I think the valuation is reasonable. I think I'll be okay. So I'm in this long term. What I would do is I would just do, let's do a little 50% retracement, right? Where's that's that what I did us? when I bought it. That's the 48, 46, maybe around that level. Maybe that's what I the did. Bottom. was right in there. I'm looking at the move from 41. 55 is what I did when I was putting it in the portfolio. I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, a 14 point move. 
We just knocked six, seven bucks off the price. I feel like you're at the 50% retracement of the recent move. I feel like the valuation is reasonable. Again, I just want to increase my drug exposure here too. I feel like I didn't have enough drug exposure. I've talked about that for a while. I've sold my Merck. I've uh, you know hedged my app. Actually, I've sold my app V2. Um, so I just want more drug exposure. Maybe I'm early on the trade. I'm often early, but you know I I remember when I originally bought Merck at thirty-two dollars or forty. I think I paid forty dollars for Merck, somewhere around there, and ended up going to twenty-five on me. And everybody's like, "Wow, you know, like we're not." Everybody's like hating Merck. Media hating Merck. It was $25 a share. The P was six. Everybody hated. These aren't the kind of stocks you want. You know, we're in a bull market for tech stocks. Nobody wants these drug stocks. They're all useless. You know what ended up working out? Merck was one of my best portfolio positions for the next decade. So sometimes when people hate on them, that's when you want them. Analyst downgrading don't scare me on my long-term investments. I may be wrong next week. I may be wrong next month. But you know what? I got a long time horizon on that puppy. And even if it pulls back to, you know, Pfizer pulls back to 55 or 60 or to 45 or to 40, it's okay if you, as long as you know why you're in the trade. So mm-hmm. obviously people got to be careful that they're just not jumping in, you know, trades and then turning them into investments. The other way, you know, is, you know, have, you know, reasoning when you're going in. I have two separate accounts. I have a long-term investment account that I don't do much in. And then I have my trading account that I do a lot in. Pfizer, I'm in no position in it right now in the trading account, but I put it in the long-term investment account. Big difference. We'll see what happens in the healthcare names for Pfizer. Level that I would give on pullbacks is around this 4670. You got the 61.8 golden mean retrace there. So I always look for, I know Dennis talks about the 50%. I like the in between the 50 and the 61.8. So somewhere in between there, I start looking for some bottoming action. It helps me a little bit. So I, if it cuts through the 50 and then retraces the 50, that's why I really like doing that. But we'll look to see if we can find some bottoming, especially from these lows that you got multiple lows on November 8th, November 7th, November 10th, all around that 4670 area, 46. I'll round it to that. We'll see if it holds today and see if the buy the dippers come in for Pfizer. All right, let's keep moving. Um, of course, it's not the kind of stock they're buying the dip on right now, though. Like, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Biotech has been here. on the pullback. A big and and I want to be very clear here. People will just give me heat because they heard I bought Pfizer, and if it goes down, people love it when I lose money. There's a lot of people that like <laughs> it when I make money, but a lot of people love it when I lose money. So I've heard multiple times over the last week how bad my Pfizer purchase was. I don't know what the. I'm not trying to time my Pfizer purchase. I'm buying a good company at a reasonable valuation in the long term account. Completely different story. Was it a bad purchase of 48? Obviously, it's 47, so it hasn't worked out. It's a buck cheaper. Is it going to end up being a bad purchase? I don't think so 10 years from now. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you have 10 years, I mean, there's a lo- that's a long time horizon. But I, I again, think it still looks good. Certain stocks I think it still looks good. 10-year time horizons, like let's just say, well, I'm going to Bed Bath & Beyond. I have a 10-year time horizon. I think that's a big mistake because I think Bed Bath & Beyond eventually goes bankrupt. Yeah, that's a, that's if you a, have a 10-minute time horizon, difference. there's probably a trade. So your time horizon matters on your stock purchase. It absolutely mm-hmm. does. There's some stocks that are in favor right now that I feel have very little chance of surviving in the long run. So you've got to respect all that. All this crypto stuff, I think 10 years from now is lower. I'm sorry. I'm not a big believer in crypto. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I just feel like a lot of these little crypto companies, a lot of these are going to go belly up eventually too. But in the short run right now, they're hot. So I'm not going to fight that tape in the short run. So again, know your time horizon, 
before you go into the trade or investment. Know your time horizon. Always definitely important to know your time horizon. And always when you're getting in a trade, that, that should be kind of the first What's going on with Roblox? you determine. Uh, Roblox, let me, I'll go look and see if we got anything moving right now. Yeah, it looks like definitely that looks news related for sure. Well, it's news. There's oh, no doubt it's news. Sure. We're just asking for the news. All right, give me one second, team. I'm looking for it. Uh, looks like they put out pre-announcement. That's what it seems like for me right now. Uh, looks like daily active users up 18% year over year. December hours engaged 4.7 billion up 21% year over year estimated revenues at 189 million to 199 millions on the high end down one to 6% year over year. Um, looks like there is an estimated bookings that was up 17 to 20% year over year. So definitely getting the spike right now. Roblox looks like the pre-announcements starting up here. Daily active users up 18% year over year. That's definitely helping. And the bookings up 17 Look at the 20%. January effect in this thing. Wow. That's just such an impressive move. Again, yeah, now, now you, you get the good that, numbers. The now right you get there. the big pop. Now you get the upside capitulation to a certain extent. So in, in all likelihood, if I was in this thing, I'd be looking maybe to ring the register into this pop. So because it's been a big move, the stock is still clearly you know in an overall downtrend here. Where it stops, nobody knows. Could it go 40? I think 40 is a logical stopping point, at least in the short term. You can see, yeah, a little head and shoulders up there back in October, November. That was the neckline where she broke down from at the 40. So I'd argue that that's the next resistance point here. But I wouldn't be playing it from the short side because this thing could just continue. I mean, you don't know where they are. But if you're long it from like January, let's say you bought it January the 3rd on the January effect, it's going from 27 to 38. It's a nice win. Yeah, definitely a nice win. And uh, this will help out a little bit of Kathy, right? Um, so keep your eyes on Eric. She's hot right now. Kathy stocks I are mean, hot right now. Yeah, that's that's the type of stocks you want right now, right? The only question is... Those are the is, ones working right now at this moment in yeah, time. Yeah, when does this... When does this turn around and another thing i think the question is if you do think for some reason we're just going into another bull market and we're going to go through 410 420s then i don't i don't think you would be selling these growth names would you dennis if you think that oh no scenario. if you think we're going no you could hold all this if you think we're going you think recession so again if i did not think a recession would be happening i'd be holding some of these names but i'm quick to take the profits because it's kind of like a hot potato i feel like you know we got the january effect helping but I don't know, like you said, when they pull the rug. So I, and again, if you think that, you know, we're not going into recession, if you think, you know, that we're going to get a soft landing, and if you think the Fed's going to pivot sooner than later, you bought a lot of this stuff in the last week or two, you could still, there could still be a lot of upside ahead here. So again, we don't get a major earnings warning. Maybe it just continues. So I'm, you know, as a trader, again, I've just got to respect the bulls right now. They've got full control of this, but I'm just being cautious as a long-term investor still. Still some caution. Added some exposure. I'm not 50% cash anymore. I'm down to about 40% cash. Added a little bit of exposure, but not a lot of exposure. So I'm not going all in on this market. And again, maybe we get a pullback here. Maybe I feel better about it. Maybe things change. Maybe the inflation numbers come in. You're allowed to change your investment thesis always. But I still feel like there's too much risk for me to be all in on this market. As a day trader, though, right now, when I can control that risk and you can control it a lot more in your day trading account, trade them after hours, you can get in there, you can move, you can move in and out. That stuff is what is working right now. All right. Looks like we're also getting New York's uh, Empire State Manufacturing Index that hit at 8.30, negative 32.9. At consensus was a negative 8.7. 
prior was negative 11.2. So showing some slowdown in that. I can show that with just a graphical representation. Just give me one second, team. I want to put this up for you guys. Um, and so you guys can see general business conditions starting to really weaken. That's good outlook there for eventually the Fed to kind of pause or pivot, right? I mean, of course, we're still way far from pivoting, but at least pausing is something that we can keep thinking about. We want to see that consensus really keep dragging down. You can see it here, negative 32.9 expected to 8. You can see how that's really starting to decline. And the current is the, the light blue line really starting to show weakening here in general business conditions. That's at least a good sign for the bulls out there. At what point do we stop? What what point? And this is my question to everyone. At what point does the market stop worrying about a pivot and start worrying about a recession? That's the question. And at that point, this market could really start getting ugly because I do think it's going up, 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 and I think it's going to go kaboom at a certain point in time. That's why all this stuff is like a hot potato. So I don't mind trading it. Right now, I'm trading everything from the long side right now for the most part. Obviously, still trading a little bit market neutral, but biasing and buying some of this crappy stocks because they've been working. But I do think you got to be careful because I think eventually that blue line, if you brought that chart back up, eventually continues to decline. I think I just, it's just math. It's all math. Grade two math. Add up. People paying more, you know, for everything right now. People paying more on their houses payments you know mortgage payments yeah a lot of people are locked into these long-term mortgages well maybe those people are okay maybe people are sitting on a lot of equity but there's some people that aren't there's a lot of people in other countries that you have floating you know variable mortgages i think eventually the higher rates will slow down corporate profits i mean even companies that borrow are eventually going to have to pay more if the rates stay up there for a prolonged period of time and I think eventually the Fed wins, and I think they put the economy into a recession. I think that's an important thing to keep in watch, right? I mean, as the economy weakens, will the Fed be kind of late in their reaction to kind of save of the economy, right? And I think that's one thing to keep in mind. If that does happen, then the recession concerns really take control, right? And we always said that, at least I feel too, that the Fed is going to play extreme. They're either going to wait for the economy to break or they're going to wait for inflation to completely break to 2%. I don't, I'm don't. i not in the camp that I feel that we can break inflation completely without causing a recession, but there's still some people out there that believe it. We'll have to wait and see. SPY right now still battling kind of sideways. I, I would say we're, we're starting to go up a little bit, but better than down big because if we look at you know like goldman sachs we're still down on goldman sachs we're still down on of of course uh morgan stanley well, we're oh, up morgan up stanley's morgan actually stanley. up yeah so yeah. morgan might climb the wall maybe see if morgan keeps going and then we start getting a turnaround there in goldman sachs i'm not chasing th- anything though again keep this yeah, in mind stocks definitely. that have actually been going up then eventually it's not just the buy the dip that's been working sell the rip has been working here too so, you know, yeah, you know, you saw big moves last week in Bed Bath Beyond and stuff, but those things came off hard. I mean, we had a move from BBBY, let's talk, from buck twenty-seven, a short squeeze, all the way up to five dollars and eighty-seven cents. This came back down to three dollars and thirty-one cents. So I mean, sell the rip. If you were just sitting here and saying Bed Bath Beyond's going to ten bucks, you're kinda looking at this like, why didn't I sell at five seventy? Why didn't I sell five? Why didn't I sell at four? Should I be selling at three thirty-two? I don't know the answer to that question. I think eventually the stock is a lot lower, but I do think short term, 
Now it's pulled back significantly. What's the 50%? Let's do the fun thing on Bed Bath and Beyond. 50%. Buck 27. Up to 587. So what is that? Quick math. Four dollars and fifty cents. Is that right? Get all that math. Somewhere life. around there, four dollars. Fifty percent is like three sixty. Sixty-one percent is down towards like three oh five. Okay, so you got all kinds of fib retracements in here right now. So if you were short Bed Bath and Beyond, I'd be bringing it in right here, right now, today at three dollars and thirty-two cents. If you were short it, I have no position in it. I don't know if I got the guts to go long it. But you're in the fib retracements here. There could be another push. There could be something else that happens here. Maybe they get some hope, you know, coming. I don't mm -hmm. think it's a bad play actually to take a shot on this thing. But what about again, the you know, AMC? That... AMC chart. Well, it's a little back. better. AMC hasn't pulled back, so maybe that one. GME too. Those yeah, things started GME. going. They haven't even pulled back at all. They didn't have the kind of move that other one did. I was trying to play the Apester too, just off the AMC <laughs> Apester. I had it for a, a couple. Apes. I had it for a couple of days. Never really did much, so I'm out of it now. Maybe I should get back into it. Um, it all depends on whether Meme Mania continues or not. But the rug will pull on a Meme Mania. It eventually always does. Bed Bath & Beyond pulling back significantly. The other meme stocks have kind of held up, though, and there's been some other trades in there. So tricky, tricky things to trade. All right, let's get out of the meme stocks. Let's go towards Microsoft. Uh, as they got a downgrade today, yeah. Guttenheim coming yeah. in, Microsoft to sell and announcing a 212 price target. As you guys see this, I, I've been waiting and I'll continue waiting for Microsoft to get back towards the long-term trend line. Talked about this on the weekly. Once we broke that, it seemed like we didn't want to come back. We actually came back this week on December 16th. We went to a high there at 263 really quickly right back down so i just feel like we've been in a sideways trying to hear from microsoft of course we need to kind of cut through the 220s if we're going for further downside um i don't know 212s i think is the price target here that doesn't seem too off of that 220s looks like they're seeing that pullback to the lows lows of the 52 week is around 213.43 so we'll see if we get back there i sold my microsoft 260 for the simple reason that P is 25 or 26, and I don't think it's justified in this environment. It's the only reason I sold it out of the long-term account. But short-term, bulls are in control on stocks. They're looking for risk on. I think the institutional money managers will be looking at this saying, hmm, we've seen some dips get bought. Maybe we could use this dip as a buying opportunity too. I do think you're getting an earnings warning coming from one of these big guns though, so that would make me a little bit you know, cautious. You are buying the dip. Be careful you know that you don't get dinged on that earnings warning because it can happen just like that and everything can turn so and even if it's not microsoft if you hold microsoft and apple warrants or amazon warrants microsoft will get hammered so i do think the environment eventually this earnings season is going to you know not be as pretty as a lot of people predict or a lot of people are hoping for uh but with that being said took a lot of guts to downgrade this to sell right now especially in this market where they're buying these kind of stocks I mean, we'll look see. at the move in Amazon. Yeah, you know, moving Amazon. We had Nate. That was. Did you miss Nate? No. Okay. Yeah. So I I, I sent you the message. We didn't see it. Uh, no. Nate Nate had to cancel there. He had oh, some no. issues at home, so uh, he he has to handle things at home right no now. No problem. So. Look at no the stress. move in Amazon. Yeah. I mean, and full disclosure, have some Amazon in my wife's long term account here. I put it at an awful price. I was in at like one oh eight or something or one ten or something like that. Uh, almost but, there. Know, Almost back. Get my money back. Sell. <laughs> get my money back. Um, wow. We went. Yeah. From eight, we were literally 
five trading days ago, $81. Stock making new lows. And Monthly boom, support on a dime. And don't kid yourself. The Bed Bath & Beyond helped it. And I know people don't like talking that stuff, but when you see these stocks turned on to risk on, and then all of a sudden you were buying everything tech. So, I mean, Amazon here, it's been a big move. You're coming up to major resistance around 100 bucks, though. So I think the easy money has been made now on the long side. Mm-hmm. The January effect helped this stock as well. Beaten up, big loser through 2022. We know calendar turn helps these things a lot of times. Absolutely did here in 2023. So it's been a, just a huge move here in Amazon. I do think you're coming into resistance at 100 bucks. Um, I'm sticking with you know the long term. I'd actually like it's a half size position. I would wish I would have added if we were to pull back significantly. Amazon, I may actually add to it. You can look at the P and you can say it's rough, but we know Amazon's always invested for growth. They're still you know a huge part, obviously, of the economy. My Amazon trucks here show up. It seems like every day to my house. So the valuation you know might scare you away. Uh, it's pulled back significantly from where it was though. Yeah, Amazon, I mean, definitely one that I think everybody wants a little piece on it. And let's say for new investors, it's something that is the first thing that comes to mind, right? We'll see if we get able to get back above that 101. Monthly levels of support, though, definitely held 81.43, 81.69. Just look back on the monthlies. You'll see back in 2020, uh, that March, we went to 81.30. There's a lot of lows right around there, around that 81, 79 area. So definitely monthlies held held really well there for Amazon. There's one thing I'll definitely point to on Amazon that helps me is using those monthly charts and looking for supports to hold there. That gives you a little bit of better risk to return on a name like Amazon that has to move pretty significant points, right? It's about 20 points up there to the resistance. We'll look to see if 101... Do we get some sideways trend here? I would like a little bit of a pullback, some sideways trend. We'll see what happens. All right, let's get out of Amazon talk and some of the leadership. Let's go towards some other downgrades and upgrades. We got RBC downgrading KB Homes. Um, So this one's a downgrade also on Lennar. And expecting a difficult year ahead for housing stocks is what was mentioned. I'll tell you one thing. I've thought about that for like probably about a year now. Maybe I was early, maybe really early, but I'll tell you what, I haven't seen any weakness from these housing stocks. No, they've they've come back. And again, the low PE is just attracting. I think these low PEs are the low PEs you don't want though. But the market doesn't argue right now. It's not separating. It's got a low PE. It's been buying it now for the better part of three months straight. These things all have P's of six, seven, eight, nine. They look really cheap if you're just looking at them flat out like that. But then I just put it all together and I think they're cheap. They look cheap for a reason because I think those earnings are going to go. I think that's going to happen. I may be wrong, but I have missed this run in the home builders for sure because I'm scared that that's like low hanging fruit for if the economy starts to go into recession. Those are the things that get hit the hardest. We'll see what happens there. KBH, I would just look for highs to keep going. I don't I don't look for this trend to turn around right now. And the big part for me is I just look at ITB, right? The U.S. Construction Index. And look how strong this looks. It doesn't look weak by any means, at least from my technical outlooks. And you see on the daily chart, I mean, if anything, this is coming back. This is coming back. They've to come G- back a long ways. I mean, the, the rebound is so impressive. And again, I think a lot of people, even like myself, you know, thinking that the re- you know the recession was maybe going to come sooner than we thought, maybe people. But you know, 
And obviously, you know, they've still performed. You know, people are still building houses here. I don't know where they're coming up with the money to do it because we know. But obviously, lumber prices have come down a little bit. Some of the commodity input costs have come. Labor has not. Labor is what's going to beat them up because labor is sticky. It's hard to get people to take a pay decrease, especially when everything is going up around you. So if you're building a house, you know, it's basically half labor. I mean, you know, you have materials and half labor. It's the labor that's not probably going to come down. It's going to continue to rise. But, you know, the raw materials, lumber has come down, so that helps them. Obviously, a big portion of the house and other things, some things have come down. Still, I don't know how much it's come down, but it was really went up from where it was three years ago. So I think eventually they get hit, but right now, can't argue with the tape, bulls are in control. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they see something else that we're not seeing, at least from the tape and price action, still looking bullish in housing. Let's move to Morgan Stanley's upgrade on Wayfair from underweight to equal weight. This one's a little bit interesting. Definitely more of your kind of your growth name, right? Yeah. Well, well, it's even on the short the squeeze list, I think, like on that high mm-hmm. short yeah, I like to go to that site. I believe it's got a higher short interest. So this is one that has the potential to squeeze. It hasn't squeezed much yet. I have no position on it. Um, but it's one that if they decide to start squeezing them again, this could go. So I wouldn't want to be short it, although I respect the resistance here. I think you break out of that today. I think you could see 50 on Wayfair. No position. All right, for me, I'm just going to be looking to see if we can hold some pullbacks here. Around 42 is what I see, but I don't even think we get to there today. We'll see what happens if we get to the price action uh, towards the close. 4 p.m. close on Friday was 43.24. I'll look to see if we get pullbacks there, but Wafer starting the day strong. We'll look to see if it gets moving there. I did see another, like, kind of these cheaper names moving. I saw this NEGG. Um, specialty retail. It just seems like these stocks want to go. It seems like to me, like they're just looking through that short interest. They're like, what hasn't gone? All right, yeah. that hasn't gone. I'll pick it up. Let's go. That's and what you saw it seems happen. Like it. That's yeah. how it's simple, simple trades. But you're right. If you got a higher, if you're short a stock with high short interest right now, I'd be covered. Because I, I think eventually it may end up being right, but there could be some pain in, in store, especially if they haven't gone yet. And there's some that have not moved yet. So just keep that in mind. Obviously, the Bed Bath & Beyonds kind of already went. The Carvana was an obvious one. It went pretty quickly after the Bed Bath & Beyond went. But there is, you know, probably a bunch of other ones of these that really have just sleepy and haven't done anything yet. I wouldn't want to be short those things because I think you still got bulls are in control right now, and I still think there's squeeze on in some of these names. So, you know, look through those lists. Some of those lists, you know, may, you know, are, are interesting. I'm, I've traded a few of these things. I'm out of most of that stuff now. Um, but... I can respect, you know, that, hey, there's three or four times a year where these short interest names come into play and start to move together. Again, I'm all about relationships. When I see Bed Bath & Beyond blasting off like that, I start thinking, what else has higher short interest? And those stocks might start to move. Yeah, look at SDC. Here's another one Mark Sanders pointing out here. <laughs> to, you had Bed Bath & Beyond go four or five days ago, and then all of a sudden they're like combing the ditches, looking through, what can we find? What hasn't moved yet? And boom. There they the are. Smile. The smile, smile direct goes. So <laughs> crazy. That's a big move. We'll see SDC. what happens. Stock went from what? 47 cents up to 88 cents. Again, I don't really love the penny stocks, but you've got to be careful with this stuff right now if you're short. And the other thing is, you know, if you're looking at, you know, if there was ever a time to maybe get long, not SDC because it's already had its move, but if that yeah. you're if you're in some of these things, they haven't moved yet, 
there's a potential there could be those little pops. And again, you don't want to get stuck in these things because they're like hot potatoes, little time bombs. Eventually, they probably go off, and eventually SDC probably goes bankrupt. It's one of those stocks that when it goes from $10 to $0.50, cents, usually they continue their merry road eventually to zero. But right now, those stocks are in the potential for short squeezes. All right, and let's go ahead. Let's talk about uh, I did a little boots on the ground action this weekend. Oh, I like that, Dennis. And uh, yes, uh, I was going through and I went to unfortunately, I mean, I could pull up Walmart for this, I'll pull up Walmart for it, but I have a Sam's Club membership. I know that some people have Costco, some people have BJ's, but I can tell you right now, I should have known something when the register started singing to me. Money <laughs> 400 and something dollars later at Sam's Club, and I'm looking around like, Man, where is everyone getting this money? Because I, m- me too, I'm like, Oh, where am I getting this money from? Because I went spending this weekend in the Sam's Club, so I did see it packed. I did see it packed, so it looks like a lot of people are choosing to go wholesale. I don't know if that's also a sign of the times, but definitely. Getting some lift. We'll see what happens on Costco. Costco just got a, a recent lift, right? When it released their numbers a little bit early. We'll look to see if this can keep pushing, get back to 500. What about a BJ? What do you think about these stocks? Um, looking through through. I mean, yeah, I, this isn't the kind of stock that January effects, you know, gonna like these, these didn't have bad years. So it's not the kind of stocks that you know, that are, are popping here right now, short term. It's kind of the stocks that are probably taking money from to buy all that crap. I think eventually the stocks, these are good companies, like you know, like a Walmart or even Costco. I mean, Costco's come back, actually. So Costco's down at 450 but, you know, it's kind of consolidated. I like the Costco chart better than the Walmart. So if you're looking at these, you know, and you're looking, look at the Costco consolidation here. It kind of sets up not bad. So you mm-hmm. had the big sell-off. Then you had the good numbers. Remember they came out with the good same-store sales? Yep. And it's a sitting here, five days of consolidation. I actually think Costco's got room to 500. So if I, out of all the, you know, if you look at the Walmarts and Costco's and Targets, you know, the BJ's, I'd rather go with, with just old Costco right now. And short term, I think it sets up okay. I think it sets up for maybe for a move to 500. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It seems like the spending doesn't stop. I see you guys in the chat. Inflation, yeah, coming down, but... I mean, those eggs prices ain't coming down. That's for certain. We ain't going to talk about eggs, but holy moly, are they getting expensive. Let's keep going. Now, one area that is starting to turn around is in the restaurants. They were getting the lift for a little while. There were stocks like Shack, right? Shake Shack getting some lift. Um, There was a bunch of restaurants getting some move. Let's go back to the cake today as they're getting downgraded by city to neutral uh, from a buy. Is this a turnaround? Was this a rip to sell and something that we should maybe get out? January effect, again, helping these things. You know, it's like the market is just traded so simple in the last, you know, people don't want to hear that, but it has. It's just traded all these textbook seasonality plays, technicals have worked. I mean, you know, there's the low PE trade coming and getting hot to, you know, the high growth things getting killed and turning at the turn of the calendar of the January effect. Again, here's a January effect. It's been a stock that got beat up in 2022. I mean, you know, you can look, it was $60 and it was $40 and it closed the year, kind of crappy, and now it's getting bought. You know, I think there's a big turnaround here in the Cheesecake Factory. No, I'm not a believer in the story. Could there be a 
buy the dip at the 50% of the recent move? Yeah, because this kind of stocks are what they're looking for right now. They're looking for more risk on. People are gambling that there's going to be a soft landing. I'm not in that camp, but I will tell you that these stocks have been moving higher and the bulls were in control and probably still in control here. So it is the kind of stock they might buy the dip on. All right, trying to take a look at which ones also have been doing really well. Looks like DPZ's had a nice little pullback. I might actually take a look at that. That's an interesting. Has it pulled back a lot? That's always one that I wanted in the long term portfolio. That doesn't look ah, too bad. You know what? Right Man, above it. Be, where's the PE on that puppy? Let's take a look. I'll take a look right Maybe now. We're but... kind of getting reasonable. We're missing, you know, the, you know, the, the, the I mean, setups. Domino's there. Pizzas is as as I think recession proof as possible. Five ninety nine pizzas. Can't yeah, wrong. The, the pizzas are cheap. You order from Domino's and you're like, you order you order from like some local pizza shop and you spend 20, 30 bucks on a pizza. You order Domino's and Little Caesars and you spend like yeah. 10, 12 bucks on 10 pizza. Bucks. Just go pick yeah. it up. That delivery charge, they get you. Yeah, I don't get the delivery charge. Uh, What's the P on P-E-23? this puppy? PE23? Oh, it's still high. Still a little high? Still a little, little high. high. It's such a staple though. I don't know if you're going to get it at a market multiple. Industry average at 33.4. Just to kind of bring that well, up. I don't know right? who else is in that pizza industry. It's bringing up that average, but that's it's a restaurant. So it's it's going to go through all restaurants. I, I can't there, do so. it. A P is too high. If you were to tell me P is sixteen, finally, I'd be like, <laughs> I might put some of this in the long term portfolio. P is too high. Starbucks. Simple Simon investing. Lower P's. I want it down to a market multiple. Give me a shout out when that thing gets to a market multiple. Uh, China exposure definitely has been helping Starbucks as of late. So uh, I don't know. I, I can tell you right now, I've been wrong on this. I've been like, yeah, short it here, short it there. I don't short get the there. Starbucks movie. I'm either. not running in front of this train anymore. This looks like it just wants to keep going. Can Starbucks get back all the January, all the 2022 losses? I mean, look where January is come just all up the way here. back. It's I don't get the Starbucks back. at all. I don't yeah, get this I don't get whatsoever. It. But it, maybe it's because they can reaffirm guidance a few months ago there, and I didn't believe it at the time. I've been oh. wrong about it because the stock has continued to go higher here. I, I just think, you know, if this goes into tough times, people aren't buying $5 coffees, but $4 coffees. They go to the Dunkin' Donuts for $0.99. Cents. So I don't get it, but it continues to perform. I've missed, the, I missed this one on Starbucks. I've been wrong on it so far. All right, let's uh, kind of end the day with a good little question here. I'll take one from the chat. I love you guys out there. So sure. definitely hit the like button. That's what it's all about. We like to get back to you guys. So Rag coming in with an interesting one here. Dennis, how do you take a look at setting up your watch list? What do you look at in the morning? Do you use scanners? What do you use? Yeah, so I have the S&P, basically all the major components. I've got mm -hmm. maybe... 100 of the most widely traded thick stocks that are on my screen. I have it all set up in pockets. Got banks in this corner. I got tech stocks in this corner. I got drugs over here in this corner. I've got, you know, retailers over here in this corner. I got consumer staples over here. And, you know, and it's all the big ones like Procter Gamble, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Walmart, Target, Costco, all sitting up here, consumer staples, really, you know, like food stocks. And then I've got, you know, like the banks. I've got Citi, Bank America, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. And then I got, you know, the, all the big tech stocks, Microsoft, Meta, Google, Amazon, Netflix, Tesla, all sitting there too. So I can just quickly see where the pockets of red and the pockets of green are. So it's telling me what kind of day are we having here? Are we risk on or risk off? I'm looking here. I can see the banks are weak. That's probably off the Goldman Sachs report. I can see the tech stocks are relatively weak today. I can see oil stocks are relatively strong. It's all green over on my screen when I look at ExxonMobil, Chevron, Conoco, Halliburton, Schlumberger. I can see all the green ha hanging out right there. I can see that um, 
I can see a lot of mix everywhere else. I don't see anything really standing out. I see some green. I see some red. Um, a little more red than green. Obviously, we're down on the day, so that's typical. So I typically have that. I also have scanners. I have multiple scanners that are scanning the markets, looking for stocks that are trading, looking for stocks that are moving quickly, looking for stocks that you know are up more relative to the market. You can do like a high-low. You can do that in the Benzinga Pro. You can say, hey, what's up the most? What's down the most? Let's see what the real drivers here are, are today. So always when I start the day, I'm like, what is you know what kind of day are we having? Is it risk on, risk off? What are the drivers of the day? And then I go from there, you know, kind of like, you know, the top down approach. What's the market doing overall? And then I might find, you know, the individual stories and some of those Definitely. might drive the overall market. But what are the individual stories lately? I have been watching the meme stocks because they've been moving uh, price as well. So I've been watching the GMEs and the AMCs and the Bed Bath and Urons and the Carvanas because it gives me a feel for whether we're risk on or risk off because it's been full risk on when those things are taking off. Risk off can happen a little bit more. Again, I think those won't drive the bus. Those drive the bus for like a few days, and then those don't drive the bus for the next three months. So just knowing all that, going through that, kind of how I approach my day. Obviously, looking through the news, you know, the major headlines there, um, you know, following, you know, you can follow that all in the Benzinga Pro and get all the major headlines that you need as well. So kind of just getting a feel and then, you know, going from that point in time. So, but yeah. To your answer to your question, I watch all that. You know, I'm watching the mega caps. You know, I'm a mega cap trader. I'm a big cap trader. Well, 90% of the trades I'm making are big cap stocks. You know, I might go have some fun with some of these smaller things every now and then. But 90% of my trading is, you know, the big caps. You know, I'm trading the stocks like Apple almost every single day. I'm trading the stocks like Amazon almost every single day. I'm trading, you know, the S&Ps. I'm doing a little bit of the arbitrage. You know, I'm doing a little bit of all that, you know, the index herb. So mm -hmm. um, a variety of things, but I'm definitely mega, mega cap focused. Yeah, it's an important thing. I always think that, you know, a lot of people start today with a bottom up approach. You guys can see that we try to start with the top down approach and work towards sure. the stocks. Yeah. Because if you start at the stocks, I feel like you don't understand what's going on in the background, the current environment. That's what Dennis tries to put together, I feel, every single morning. The current environment is always changing. It's always developing. Constant something can come to the tape right now and change things up, right? So you always got to be flexible, especially as a day trader. That's one thing that you commonly see from Dennis. Yeah, some people might hit him on it, but guess what? Flexibility is what's needed to be a day trader because if you get too stuck minded on one certain aspect of the market, that's easily how you miss some information and are not on top of your edge. Thank you, like always, Dennis, for coming in here and giving us a little bit of your morning time to get ready for the markets. Like you guys always, smash the like button, show us the appreciation. Dennis, you go do what you do best, get to your trading action, my friend. All right, have a good one, Dennis. We're going to get you guys over now to, of course, live trading with Benzinga. We got Zunaid and, of course, Lord Ryan. We'll get started in just a few minutes. I do want to let you guys know, we're going to be starting up the book club. You guys have just one last week to join before we start this up. Our first book is going to be, of course, none other than Trading in the Zone, Master the Markets with Confidence and Discipline, and a Winning Attitude, none other than Mark Douglas, my favorite trading book. Don't want you guys to miss that. That's going to be the first book. I went and picked my favorite trading book, of course, after this, I will let the community pick. We will get together on Sunday coming up. Stay tuned, team. If you guys want to join the book club, I threw up the link. Go ahead and join up. 
I think you guys will definitely enjoy this. And especially since it's my favorite book, I have a lot to talk about it. I think it's a lot to do with psychology and learning how to use probability in your favor as trading. So if you want to up your skills, the book club is where you want to be this year. Definitely for you new traders. This is where you want to be. Learn a bunch of different aspects, whether it be psychology, patterns, investments. We're going to take a look at a lot of different books. Hope to see you guys there. Definitely hit the link. I'll see you guys a little bit later on live trading. Hit the like on your way out. And let's keep going. Let's get into this market. Let's see. Spy going to get to 400 today? Let's find out.